pigskin fans, the moment you have been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize of up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Chase Croshaw here with me as well because... When isn't he here with me? Uh, Chase, how are we doing today? What's it uh, What's it like over there on the other side of the state? Because I don't know about you, absolute blizzards for me today. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing all right. There's a lot of snow, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, it's, it's all snow and ice. I was doing a lot of driving around because my girlfriend got in a car accident, got hit by some lady who turned left on her road. Uh, so it's always good. So just, just, you know, driving her around, getting her a rental and taking care of all, all that hoobla. So been, been a hectic day, just sat down. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's snowy, it's icy, not the safest driving conditions, but I'm happy there's at least snow on the ground. Hopefully the roads get cleared up and the snow remains on the grass because I just, I love looking out my window and seeing white everywhere. Yeah. And to be honest, uh, I know this is going to sound preposterous being in Michigan, but a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was just last week. No, I think it was like two weeks ago. It was before I came back up to school. Um, I started thinking to myself, is is winter over? Because I remember we had a couple like 40 degree days. And I was thinking, did we really only get two, three days of snow and now winter is over? But of course, it's Michigan. So January, that's not even the hardest part of winter for us. It's really like... February and then that odd week in April where we just get dumped on with snow. Yep, yeah, that's uh, that's that's about it. You know, I, my I have an April thirtieth birthday, and it's snowed more than once on my birthday, which is just asinine. But I mean, I, I guess especially when I was younger, like I loved snow, so it was okay. If it happened nowadays, like I'm turning twenty three, if it's not my birthday, I'd be kind of annoyed. You know what's crazy is I think in the past. Five years. I'm not going to go 10 years, but I think in the past five years, you've probably had more snow on your birthday, April 30th, than I have on mine, November 21st, which is stupid. But it, it just yeah. seems like winters have been delayed in Michigan the last couple of years. They they first start to hit December, maybe January, and then they continue until even sometimes May. 
hell, dude, when we were kids, like, it, it was snowing on Halloween regularly, and, uh, you know, so that meant the whole month of November we'd get snow, and then December, January, February, and even in March, we'd have, like, half the year just be snow, but nowadays, you know, we get two months, then a couple days here and there, just for the hell of it. Yeah, absolutely. But that's enough Michigan talk. Uh, We're here as a Tampa podcast, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Bolts broadcast. So we got to talk about some Tampa news as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going on to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl being host in Tampa Bay, the first time that has ever happened. And since Tom Brady has come to Tampa Bay, there's been three championship appearances by Tampa Bay teams, and that would be, of course, our Tampa Bay Lightning winning the, winning the Stanley Cup, almost said the Super Bowl there. Uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers making it to the Super Bowl, and then the Tampa Bay Rays making it to the World Series. So uh, a lot of... A lot of championship appearances. We have the Stanley Cup there. Will the Lombardi be coming back too? Who knows? But uh, this is big news for the area. I'm so happy for for the Tampa area. I, I, it's just it's so beautiful. They uh, there there's some really very passionate sports fans on there. There's some passionate hockey fans, football fans, baseball fans. So it, it's just great that you know all these teams are great at one time. Uh, you know, it's it's cool to see Brady switch teams, go to the Bucks, and do what he's done. Uh, I. Not going to lie, I had pretty low expectations. I thought he was going to kind of struggle at first, but he's really, you know, he's really proved me wrong, which I, you know, I'm I'm okay with. I'll happily admit I was wrong there. I'm I'm very excited to see Tampa play in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. That's going to be a tough matchup. You know, it's it's the goat against the kid because a baby goat is known as a kid. So it's kind of a cool little narrative story. Uh, This could be a passing of the torch. I mean, like, just just think about this. Say Mahomes wins the Super Bowl and then Brady retires after this, and that that's like the official passing of the torch. I don't think that would happen. Uh, Brady played too good to retire, but that'd be kind of a cool story, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be awesome, and especially because Brady, this is his tenth Super Bowl. He has been the face of the most dominant dynasty in NFL history with the Patriots. He now comes into his 10th Super Bowl with a new team showing that, you know, he was the system for the Patriots, not a system quarterback, but he was the system. Uh, And it's looking like the Chiefs and Mahomes, they could be that next dynasty. Uh, Super Bowl champions, reigning Super Bowl champions as of right now, uh, and they go back to the Super Bowl for the second year in a row. Will they win it for the second year in a row? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But uh, a a lot of excitement in the Tampa area. And you even saw Steven Stamkos put on Twitter um, on Sunday during the game between the Packers and the Buccaneers. He was going all out, rooting for Tom Brady and the rest of the team. So uh, it's got to be a great feeling down there. I wish I was there to experience it. Also wish I was there and what is it right now? 70, 75 degrees sitting by a pool rather than getting absolutely dumped on by a blizzard. But, uh, you know, we got to do what we got to do. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it'd be great. I would love to live in Tampa full time. I'm hoping that once I get an NHL job, whether it be media or management, and I really hope management. Uh, but once I get that job, I can be with Tampa because that would be like really a dream. I get I want to live in a warm weather city, work for a hockey team, because there's just nothing better. And I mean, Tampa has been such a near and dear team to my heart my whole life. It, it would it would be so cool. Uh, so you know, maybe one day I'll get to live on there, enjoy that weather. But for now, I'm stuck here in 30 degrees. 
Absolutely. Well, for today's episode, we got a little bit of news to catch you guys up on. Uh, We're going to do a preview for the Nashville Predators series that we have coming up on Saturday and Monday. And then we are also going to be doing a Would You Rather Young Stars edition after the commercial break. So unfortunately... The game on Tuesday, if you weren't aware, the game on Tuesday, which is today as of when we're recording, uh, it has been rescheduled. It's it's moving to late February, so we're only going to get one game against the Carolina Hurricanes here. So uh, a night where we expected a ton of hockey. I mean, we're still going to get it. There's like 13 games on tonight, I think. Uh, one gets dropped off, and unfortunately, it's our team. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that that's just, you know, more and more of a break that Tampa's getting, like just with all these games getting canceled. But it means that at the end of the season, more likely than not, it's going to be kind of hammered on or squeezed in some point in the middle of the season. So hopefully this doesn't happen too much more. Like hopefully this is kind of the final cancellation. We can get moving along. Uh, but yeah, there. I mean, there is a ton of hockey on. Like I w- was on the uh, Barstool like betting app last night of the Barstool Sportsbook. Now that's open live here in Michigan. Um, just like trying to cr- create a parlay for the day and. Holy hell, I, I just, I feel like I was scrolling forever trying to pick through all the games. Um, but yeah, so even though you're not going to see Tampa play, ho- hopefully you can get some hockey action in. Yeah, absolutely. It really sucks that our team is getting affected by all these reschedules and stuff when it's not even our team that is, you know, the one that are making these games get rescheduled. It's the other team, and unfortunately we're matched up against them at their difficult period. So uh, that really stinks. But uh, we do have games to look forward to. Thursday, we got the game against the Hurricanes. And then, like I mentioned, Saturday and Monday, games against the Preds. We'll do a little preview uh, in a couple minutes here. So last episode, we mentioned that Mitchell Stevens got hurt. Well, we finally got official announcements from John Cooper on both Mitchell Stevens and Eric Chernock uh, with their injury updates. Yeah, so Mitchell Stevens is going to be out indefinitely with a lower body injury. Uh, that's a shame. You know, a really great depth player for this team. And then Eric Chernock is questionable for the Thursday's game with an upper body injury. Right now, this is day-to-day. Hopefully, it's nothing major. If he can't go, you know, I would assume he's good by the weekend. But if he can go, even better. So, we shouldn't have to worry about too much about uh, Chernock. But Stevens, uh, I mean, who knows? He he could be out for the rest of the regular season. Uh, that would be that would, that would really be a shame because I'm a big Mitch Stevens fan. I love the way he plays. He plays hard. He has a little bit of offensive ability. He's just a guy that really helps your team win. Yeah, absolutely. He'll be dearly missed. Um, But like Chase mentioned, and I think it was last episode, it's not something that's just going to absolutely derail the team. Uh, He's a a great depth guy for us, and uh, he will be missed. However, we should still see some really good production out of the team as a whole. But moving on to some new information, John Forsland, who had some participation in the opening night of games on NBCSN. He is now going to be the new TV voice for the Seattle Kraken. I mean, good for him, man. And good for Seattle, too. What a hell of a hire. John Forslund, he's a great voice for the NHL. It's a shame that NBCSN is closing down because he probably would have still held on to that job. But now he's going to be kind of out of a job. So I don't blame him, dude. I mean, he can be the lead voice for a brand new expansion team, a really exciting team. Uh, There's going to be, you know, a ton of buzz around him. They did a... Like a live show today, I didn't get a chance to see it. I hope I can go back and watch it and find it somewhere. Um, but like it, it's just it's all getting more and more exciting as we get closer and closer to Seattle. Uh, you know they're eventually going to officially buy into the league. Then their uh, expansion the expansion draft's going to come up this summer. It's just all becoming more and more real. It's super exciting. 
Yeah, I'm absolutely pumped. And really, as we start getting deeper into this season, once we start getting towards the trade deadline, we should see some big movement, at least in my in my eyes. I think that would be the case with the Seattle Kraken coming in. You don't want to let players go for free. So seeing some movement at the trade deadline. And then once we move into the offseason, they're officially here. They're going to be a part of the NHL entry draft. They're going to have their expansion draft, and I cannot wait. We'll be doing some episodes on maybe some predictions for their expansion draft. Who's going to be protected? Who's not going to be protected, etc. cetera. Uh, but we, we've got a little bit of time to wait for that. So, But I, I think overall, everyone's just super excited. We saw how great the process was with Vegas. It should be just as good, if not better, with Seattle. Yeah, you know, I've had some strong words in the past saying that I don't think Seattle's going to have the success that Vegas has had. And, I, I, you know, I still think that's true. I like, I don't think they're going to be able to kind of finagle their way with trades like they did, uh, or like Vegas did, I should say. You know, like, like the Alex Tuck trade or like, the, like, you know, the Riley Smith trade. Like those types of trades worked out so well in their favor. And I think teams are going to kind of learn their lesson and be able to kind of do a little better. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to be as bad as I thought it was with the whole cap, not going up anymore. Teams are going to have to get rid of some cap. So I imagine some trades happening where like Seattle should come out with a win, but I don't think it's going to be just a massive dub like it was for Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of excitement there. We'll have to wait and see what all occurs with the Seattle team. And uh, it's going to be a great ride as we get there. But uh, now, Chase, we want to do a little preview on the Preds matchup. And then after the Preds matchup, we got a quick commercial break. And then we're coming back with Would You Rather Young Stars Edition. Uh, I'll let you guys know a little bit more about that once it is up. But the Preds, they're, they're a good team. They're a solid team right now. They're not doing so hot to start off the season. Uh, two and three is their current record. But a team that has good goaltending, really good defense, it's a team you got to look out for. Yeah, it, it is. I, I like Nashville's roster personally, um, even though it is a little more underwhelming than it was in the past. Uh, Renee's getting a little bit older. Obviously, they don't have like, the likes of Shea Weber or P.K. Subban anymore. But it's still just a really, really solid roster. They do a great job developing their D-men. Uh, it, they, they defend well, as well as having some ability in the back end. Their main issue always is up front. Uh, the forwards are always kind of lackluster. They still have some talent, but it's just nowhere near like Arc Dambit Lightning, for example. Still, you know, I, I'm going to favor like, our Tampa Bay Lightning on paper in this game, but it should be pretty entertaining. I'd have, to, I'd have to guess. Yeah, I agree. And like I mentioned a little bit earlier on in the episode, it is Tuesday as of recording. So two and three is their current record. I know they play tonight against Chicago Blackhawks. I would expect them to take that, but you never really know with hockey. Uh, I know we were talking about it last night, Chase, on how... I think it was in the KHL, a team was favored. They had like a, a minus 500 or something uh, betting odds, which was just absurd in hockey. Yeah, like, like it's it's asinine because, you know, you know, just like that was just like straight money line. So money line is just kind of like outright winner. Um, you know, in the NHL, sometimes you'll see both teams be a minus. There's no true favorite. Um, otherwise, you'll see a team be, you know, minus 130, one team plus 190. Uh, but like. Uh, this matchup was, yeah, it was close to 600, minus 600, and then plus 400. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's just stupid when, you know, hockey is such a, such a, a game that isn't really revolved around stars. You can have stars, but they're not going to just absolutely push you over the top. I mean, look at the Edmonton Oilers. They got Drysaddle and McDavid, two amazing players, both top 10 in the league right now, in my opinion, yet, they didn't win the Stanley Cup last year. 
You know, that was our Tampa Bay Lightning, a more well-rounded team. Also had the stars, but, uh, you know, wasn't as uh, heavy at the top, at least in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, Nashville, Chicago, even though Nashville should be favorites, they uh, they could see an upset coming up. But, uh, yeah, it should be a good series. Right now, Nashville has a negative goal differential. Unfortunately, the goaltending hasn't quite been there. Uh, five games, given up 17 goals. That's over three goals a game. So uh, a little tough right now, but we fo- fully expect Nashville to come back on top and, uh, you know, give us a real challenge. I mean, if they struggle, it just makes it easier for us. So that'd be perfectly fine, too. But you can't you can't really count on that. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, I I would not be shocked if our Tampa Bay Lightning take both games. I I find it very hard to believe that Nashville would take both games. And could I see a a 1-1 split? Absolutely. So uh, I'm actually going to go a 2-0 sweep as my betting odds. And then second would be a 1-1 split. And I don't think there is a chance at an 0-2 sweep for them. Yeah, I'm taking the Tampa sweep. Um, if there's somewhere for me to just bet that like straight up, which I probably could actually probably probably both those games, um, just straight money line. I, I would count on Tampa winning both those games. So some good games to look forward to with Nashville. And then as of release tonight, we have the game against Carolina as well. So hopefully you guys enjoy those games. We'll talk about them on Monday's episode. But for now, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And on the other side of the break, would you rather Young Stars edition? Calling all Jets fans and foodies. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon Rewicki, the host of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Look, if you love Jets hockey, this is the place for you. In-depth breakdowns from every game, a deep dive into the big plays and moments from Winnipeg's season, and all the Jets talk you will not find anywhere else. We got it for you on Skates and Plates. Plus, if you love carbs and everything tasty, we jump into the world of food as well. Once a week, we also speak with a member of the local culinary scene to highlight their great stories and the great food they put out. So there it is. Hockey, jets, food, drink, everything good in life. It's right here on Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, and we are back. The other side of the commercial brings us would you rather young stars edition and we apologize we had to come up with something on the fly obviously two episodes a week during covid when the team isn't playing a little bit tough but uh i think this should be fun for me fun for chase and hopefully fun for you guys as well so how this is gonna work chase i got uh i think just under 15 would you rather matchups you're gonna have to let me know who you would rather out of these players. And now it'll be forward versus forward, defense versus defense, goalie versus goalie. Uh, You'll have to let me know who you're taking and why. You can bash the other player that you're not taking or uh, praise the player that you are taking. But this isn't... uh, I don't know how to say this. So there, there are undrafted players in here. I'll say that. There are players coming up in this upcoming draft. There's players from... I think up to three, four drafts ago, and it's it's anywhere in that range. So Young Stars Edition, here we go. We'll start off with uh, one that I think might be close. I'm really hoping that Chase thinks some of these are close and they're a little bit difficult. So first up, Chase, Cole Caulfield versus Lucas Raymond. Uh, that one is actually not that close for me. Personally, 
I would actually take Cole Caulfield, even though uh, his development might be lacking a little bit uh, to where people expected it. At the end of the day, goal scoring is such a premium in the NHL, and he's the best goal scorer outside of the NHL. It's just the truth. He has unreal hockey sense when it comes to finding the back of the net. His shot is fantastic. He's going to score a lot of goals in the NHL, and I don't care if he doesn't play defense. I don't care if he doesn't get a lot of assists. Goals are what matters. Goals are what win you games at the end of the day. So I'll take the goals. Lucas Raymond is going to be a hell of a player for the Red Wings. It's a great get at number four. Um, you know, in, in another draft, he could have been a top three, maybe borderline even top two guy. Like this year, he might go first overall this year, honestly, if if he was in this draft class. Um, but just like he's going to be a little more well-rounded while still scoring goals. I'd rather just the pure absolute goal scorer. All right. And that makes me think I have an idea of who you're going with in the next Would You Rather. But first, I wanted to say if anyone is interested in just absolutely bashing Chase on his opinions, go ahead and do that. Tweet at us at the Bolts Broadcast on Twitter. Uh, It should be a lot of fun. Let us know who you guys prefer in these Would You Rather matchups. And Chase, in the first uh, first matchup, Cole Caulfield or Lucas Raymond, ESPN Plus would disagree with you. Quite favorably, as they had Lucas Raymond as the number four prospect in the world and Cole Caulfield as the number 13 prospect in the world. Yeah, that's fine. It doesn't it doesn't surprise me. Um, But like if I was building a team around one guy, I would take Cole Caulfield, because if you can build around a pure goal scorer, then you're going to be you're going to be good to go. Like he's not Ovechkin, but he is a Ovechkin type of goal scorer where he just knows how to put the puck in the back of the net better than most other people, better than maybe everybody else except for like Ovechkin. Um, so if you can find guys that can just set them up, it, then you're, you're going to win every game you play. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. All right, moving on, Chase. We have Andrei Svechnikov, your, your baby, versus Elias Pettersson. See, that is a little more interesting, but I personally think that Andrei Svechikov is going to him and Cole Caulfield are actually me like the one and two goal scorers for quite some time uh, up until Matt Fimishkov makes his way over here. Then he's going to start challenging for that, too. But Andrei Svechikov, holy hell, that, that that kid is something special. And he's going to be more than just a goal scorer. Like I would take Svechikov significantly over Caulfield and not even close. Uh, Caulfield or Svechikov, he's going to score a lot of goals, but. You know, he, he's not he's not afraid to get a little physical. He's not afraid to play defensively. He's not going to be strong defensively, but like he'll he'll do what he has to do if he really needs to. And he can he can dish the puck pretty well, too. Uh, he's not just a one dimensional player. He's got a lot of tools and he's someone that I would love to build my team around. Yeah, I'd love to see what Vancouver fans think about that choice, because obviously Elias Pettersson, that's. That's basically their their lord and savior right now over in Vancouver. So uh, it'd be fun to get uh, some Vancouver fans riled up. But moving on, we got a goalie matchup, and I think you knew this one was coming. We got Spencer Knight versus Yaroslav Askarov. Both goalies drafted supremely in these last two drafts. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one, Chase. So Spencer Knight, uh, you know his his ceiling isn't quite as high as Askarov's is, but he's Probably one of the most consistent goalies, especially at that age, against who he's like going against at while being a really high level I've ever seen. Askarov, you know, when he's in the net, he he flops around a lot. He likes to throw his stick, and he he can make some great saves. But you can see some kind of inconsistency in his game. You can see some tendencies that aren't gonna necessarily work in the NHL, so they have to be worked out. If they can be worked out, then great. But Spencer Knight is already so polished. He's ready to come as a top goalie in the league, and he's going to be a top goalie in the league. He might be the best goalie in the league when he answers. Askarov might be that, but I would go with Spencer Knight. 
and I, I don't want to put in my opinion on too many of these, if at all, but I do want to get it in on this one. I was shocked when I saw ESPN Plus had Askarov ranked 8 and Spencer Knight ranked 23. I would also take Spencer Knight. I think Jeez. the mechanics are just outstanding on that kid. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm telling you, if Askarov, if he hits, like, his full potential and figures out the inconsistency, he might be the best goal we've ever seen in the NHL. He's got that kind of ability. But the inconsistency is there, and the bad tendencies are there. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the next Would You Rather Chase. Both of these stars, these young stars, are really blossoming this year, and it's so nice to see. We'll start off with the rookie Kirill Kaprizov versus the second-year man, Jack Hughes. Gosh, see, th- this is where it gets a little bit tricky because, you know, there's a four-year age difference here. Um, you know, Kaprizov, he's going to score a lot of goals, still be an effective all-around offensive player. But I I really think that Jack Hughes has that true high-end elite top towards the top of the league number one center ability. Uh, you know, he struggled his rookie year, but it's really starting to come together. And you're going to see once he gets a little more support, um, like he's going to do some phenomenal things. Once wait, wait till Holtz shows up on that lineup and you'll see what Jack Hughes does. Just saying. So, with all that being said, I think I'm going to go with Jack Hughes. Uh, it's it's close. It's probably close to what you've given me so far. But, you know, four years younger, um, the center, true dynamic ability. I think I got to go Hughes. All right. Sounds good. Now we'll move on to two young stud defensemen. Uh, I, I think you're going to have a soft spot for one of them, though, because kind of a hockey minority country with Moritz Seider from Germany versus Bowen Byram. Okay, so this this is interesting because these are these are different types of guys here. These are uh, so like Moritz Sider, he has offensive ability, but is extremely strong defensively. Whereas Bowen Byram has defensive ability, but he's extremely strong offensively. So they're different types of guys. Um, I think you can build your team around both of them. I might go Moritz Sider. You know, the bigger body, the right hand shot, right hand shot defensemen are a premium, and I think. Um, like, you know, his offense still has room to grow, and I think he can be a consistent 30 to 40 point defenseman, which, you know, sure, there's higher scoring guy out there. Bowen Byron might be a 50, 60 point guy, but if you can get 30 to 40 with shutdown defense, uh, you're not getting around him. He's got an incredible reach. He has an unreal first pass. He gets the puck out of the zone really well. I mean, what else can you ask for? Yeah, for sure. And I'm very happy with your reaction over these last two. It seems like they're getting a little bit closer. Let's hope that uh, we can keep that going. However, I'm getting into an undrafted guy right now, and this is where it gets hard because obviously he's undrafted. We have no idea what NHL scouts think of them yet, um, but we're going to go for it. So we've got Jack and Quinn Hughes' younger brother, Luke Hughes, versus one of the top defensive prospects from this past draft, Jamie Drysdale. Oh, my God. Give me Luke Hughes, not even a question. Jamie Drysdale, he's good. But he's not that good. He's not someone who should have been drafted where he was. I have no problem saying that. Um, he, he'll he end up scoring some points in the NHL, more likely than not. I also think there's a chance he doesn't make it to the NHL for a very long time. I think it's very much in the realm of possibility because defensively it's not there. He's not an elite skater. He's not an elite passer. You can tell he doesn't have elite vision. He just does things very well at the junior level. When he gets to the NHL level, he's going to start off struggling really hard. So that's a slam dunk for me, Luke Hughes. Uh, he's not quite as good as... Is Jack or Quinn? I would say personally. Um, so you know, I, I know Jack and Quinn both say that he's the better of the brother, but re- reality, in terms of offensive output, the other two are better. 
But Luke, he's a bigger body. He plays more physical. He skates just as well, though. So I, I got to go Luke. Damn, very interesting. So are you thinking that Jamie and Drysdale and Jake Sanderson would have dropped to the teens then if they were in this upcoming draft? Just because I looked and Luke Hughes was around the fourth or fifth defenseman just in this draft. Yeah, I mean, I I probably would have had another. I wouldn't have taken either of those guys in the top 10 of the last draft. And then this defenseman being, or this draft being defensive heavy as it is coming up, they would have been below all these guys in my personal opinion. Um, Like, they could... Like Sanderson and, and um, Drysdale, they can't be number one defensemen. Where someone like Owen Power, Brant Clark, Carson Lambos, Luke Hughes, I think they have the ability to be number one defensemen. All right, sounds good. Let's move on to another undrafted player versus a recently drafted player as we have Kent Johnson versus Marco Rossi. Oh, <laughs> That's not even a question. Maybe Kent Johnson every day of the week. You you know my Marco I, Rossi criticism. Yeah, we know. Chase thinks Marco <laughs> Rossi has basically hit his ceiling already. So we should uh, get Isha or one of the other boys from the soda pod over here and uh, see what they think about that. But uh, yeah, but just, just real quick, talking about Marco Rossi, you know, I went on the soda pod before the draft and um, I don't remember who they said they were talking to. They said uh, Marco Rossi would be a great fit in Minnesota. I'm like. If Marco Rossi's fine. That's all he is. But Anton Lundell would be the perfect draft pick for Minnesota. Anton Lundell falls to Florida. He is utterly dominating in Finland. He's going to be in the NHL next year, and he's going to win Rookie of the Year next year. I'm saying all that right now. I guarantee it happening. I'll put money on it right now if I could because uh, Anton Lundell is that good. Instead, they went Marco Rossi. They went the safe pick. They went a guy who's going to be, you know, I thought he'd be playing more games. But I, thought he'd be, I don't know if he's played at all. I thought he'd be playing games by now because, he probably is ready, but he's not getting much better than he currently is. He's never going to be your number one center. He might not be your number two center. He might be your number three center. But in a team like Minnesota, you know, maybe he can play that two role. But Anton Lundell can be a true number one center for your team. That pick drove me up the wall. So, at the end of the day, Ken Johnson, the kid's a stud. Well... This might uh, this might be a little weird because Anton Lindell is up next and maybe I should switch the opponent, but uh, we're just going to run with it, whatever. Uh, Anton Lindell versus the Russian beast Vasily Podkolzin. Actually, it's, it's actually a good battle because I, I like that. Podkolzin, I think he has the potential to score a lot of points in the NHL. Um, you know, he... he he hasn't really been given the chance in Russia because he's playing on a really stacked team. So that happens with a lot of these top guys. They, they go to Ska. They have to play fourth line when they get to the KHL. Then they come to the NHL and dominate. I think that very much could happen. I think I'm going to lean Anton Lundell here, Lundell here though. It's super close. Um, this this might be the, the closest one you've actually given me, honestly, in my opinion. But Lundell, he can be a legit number one center. I think he can score 70 points while being a legitimate Selkie contender. So him and Barkov, pretty nice duo, eh? This, Disgusting. So it's going to suck going against them for the next few years. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, I'm really happy that that was actually pretty close for you. But uh, we'll now move on to another defensive matchup as we have Ty Smith from the New Jersey Devils versus Alexander Romanov from the Montreal Canadiens. See, that's a good matchup right there. That's, you know, they're both guys who can put up some points. Romanov, he brings a little more of a physical presence to you. Um, Ugh. You know what? 
I think I'm going to very slightly lean Alexander Romanov. Yeah. Very sli- very slightly, very slightly. Ty Smith, he's someone he's he's right there. Uh I thought Ty Smith should have been in the NHL last year. You're seeing what he's doing this year. It's fantastic. He looks like an absolute star. He's gonna be I mean, he already is Jersey's best defenseman, to be honest. But Romanov, he's well on his track to becoming Montreal's best defenseman. These two guys are gonna be, you know, they're they're good upcoming defensemen. They're not gonna be quite um the level of like the Hughes, McCarr, and Darlene's and even the Heiskinens. But they're still going to be guys that are like in that similar conversation. They're going to be high-end guys. They're going to be top guys for their team. Um, it's it's close battle, but I'm going to go with Romanov. Yeah, I, I love that pick. Well, just because, you know, I've been so into Russian history as of late. And if you haven't already, viewers or listeners, if you haven't already watched The Last Czar on Netflix, phenomenal. It's about the Romanov dynasty and the collapse of it. It's got Rasputin and all that. Uh, really interesting. I really liked it. But uh, let's move on to Cam York or Philip Broberg. I'm going to go Cam York here. Uh, look, probably it's, it's further apart than it should be because Broberg, uh, he's someone with more draft capital. He's someone that should be developing better than he is. But in reality, he's developing kind of slow. Uh that's not a problem because you can develop slow in hockey and you can play 15 years still and have a fantastic career. I just, if it wasn't for Cam York's performance at the World Juniors, which I don't like judging too much on the World Juniors, but the, what he did was hard to go like unnoticed. He, you know, he was drafted as a true like offensive defenseman with some defensive ability, but at the World Junior, he, he was he was shut down. He was utterly dominant in every aspect of the defensive game. It, it was really impressive. It really boosted his stock for me. So I'd have to go Cam York here. Uh, Broberg, I still think he could be an NHL guy. Like He's going to be an NHL guy at some point. I just don't know what like, where he gets to. Gotcha. And now these last three here, I'm a little worried they might not be very close in your eyes. Hopefully they are in some of the viewers or some of the listeners. But uh, we'll, we'll just we'll have to wait and see. Maybe Chase thinks these are just spot on the closest matchups ever. All right, this one, Dylan Cousins. You love him. I know you love him. At the draft, you wanted him, uh, no. but <laughs> but he has he has improved his stock in your eyes, yes. I think. So we got Dylan Cousins versus Trevor Zegras. Trevor Zegras, uh, pretty handedly that that kid. Um, even at the time, I like he's not someone he's someone I knew less about. Like I knew uh, enough about him to like grade him and stuff. But compared to other guys in in the top end of that draft, he, you know he's probably one of the guys I knew less about. But. Sheesh, dude, he's looking like he should be a top, you know, five pick in that draft, like retroactively. Like, he looks like he should have gone above Turcotte as much as I love Turcotte. Uh, Zay Ross, he's really looking just absolutely fantastic. His vision is otherworldly, you know. He could be like a legitimate Nicholas Bastrom type of player where he, you know, if he gets matched up with a, a really good goal scorer, he can just dish the puck and find him in every single spot on the ice and just put up a lot of points that way. All right, sounds good. We now move on to Alex Turcotte. Or Grigory Denisenko. Well, that's a good battle. That one's not bad at all, actually. I think I think I'm still going to go with Turcotte on that one. Um, you know, he, he still has number one center potential. Uh, with Byfield in L.A., you know, that's going to change things. Byfield has that legitimate number one potential. Um, and Grigory Denisenko, he can be a really good top six scorer. I think he's going to score some goals, score some points. But Turcotte, you know, he's really nice offensively. He can help you out defensively. He can play that center role. That's huge, obviously, of course. So I got to go Turcotte. All right, sounds good. And then this last one, um, not sure if it's going to be too close because of one of these guys' production thus far in his career. But I had to get some more big names going because the last couple, you know, there's some solid names there for sure. But 
they weren't at the top of their draft class. Uh, so I wanted to get that in there. We got Capo Caco or Tim Stutzel. So I think I'm going to go with Capo Caco on this one. Uh, Tim Schutzla, you know, he, he's having a good start to his career. He ended up scoring a goal. He made uh, the Ottawa Senators at 18 when people thought he was going to be able to come over at first. And Capococco, he had, a, he had a rough rookie year. He played a lot of hockey leading up to his rookie season. You know, he'd got, been going nonstop for pretty much almost two years. Uh, but COVID helped give him a break. And I think he's, you know, on the cusp of eventually reaching greatness. Him and Lafreniere, they're going to really be the catalyst of that team going forward. It's, it's super exciting for Rangers fans that, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them. I think Capococco can be a legitimate uh, top-end player in the world. Uh, you know, one of those guys that's constantly on your first line, on your top power play, uh, you know, towards the top of your team in scoring, maybe the top of your team in scoring. So I got to go with Capococco, even though Tim Stutzla is someone who is, he's close, he's in that same type of range, and he's going to be the same type of player too. But I just, I feel like Capococco is the only one to be able to hire. Well, Hal, I am absolutely pumped because we've been talking about old Timmy and giving him a ton of praise recently. So I thought you would have taken him. So I'm actually pumped you went the other route with Capo Caco. Uh, going to be exciting to see how they do in their careers going forward. And just four names that I wanted to mention, but just didn't know where you ranked them. Rasmus Dahlin, of course, Miro Heiskanen, Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr. Uh, probably... The top four defensemen, young defensemen going forward. Uh, I I didn't know who to match up against who. I was thinking about matching up Quinn Hughes and Miro Heiskanen, but I just didn't know where you ranked them. So can you give me a ranking for those top four? My ranking is probably exactly how you write them off, honestly. If I was going to match them up, I would put Hughes and McCarr against each other and Heiskanen and Dahlien against each other. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin is the best of those four. It, that's just the truth. Don't tell me otherwise. If if you know hockey, you've been paying attention. You know he's left in Buffalo, and just he's left in Buffalo to die. To be honest, he's had the arguably the greatest start to uh, you know a defenseman's career as an eighteen year old. Put up some just ridiculous numbers, but he's stuck in that hellhole. Buffalo doesn't get any love. Miro Heiskanen, he's gonna win the Norris this year. I already called that. Uh, he's playing fantastic hockey. He's just he's disgusting. That that's that's all I can really put it as. And Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr. Both these guys are going to score a lot of points. Uh, they're not as sound offensively. Quinn Hughes may be a little bit better. Um, I know the, the analytics will tell you McCarr was better last year, but in true ability, Quinn Hughes probably a little better defensively. But give me Darlene and Heiskanen easily over these two. It's criminal how underrated Rasmus Darlene is. It drives me up the wall. All right. Sounds good. So there's Chase's opinions on a couple of those would-you-rather matchups, and then you got his ranking for uh, the top four young defensemen in the league right now. But that's going to do it for this episode. But before we move on, we, of course, got to do hockey name of the day. Uh, Chase, rolling down here. And Okay, real quick, before you try to say that name, I I wanted to mention this about Darlene. Uh, So... For go, going back from the 2017 draft class, even through the Sequoia draft class, Dowling's the number one player I'd build my team around. All right, continue. Very interesting. Even over yeah. Alexi? Yep. Interesting. Okay, sounds good. Um, this is a one-word name. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Beachy. I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I only chose his name because I saw it and I was like, I don't even know how to pronounce this. I don't know where I can find the pronunciation, but we're going to throw it in here because it's fun. So I'm going to go, I, if I had, if I had to guess myself, it'd be Beach Z, like, like Beach, like C, like, like a Z, C, H kind of combination. Uh, but yeah, we're by Beachy. Here's what I know about him. He played in Hungary uh, in the 1968, 69 season. 
Stop. He's, <laughs> he's got a huge track record. Yeah, I don't know when he was born. I don't know how old. I'd say the same thing. But I, I don't know his height, his weight, his age, his position. He played for Budapest Vasudas SC. I uh, don't know his stats. I don't know how many games he played. But it was weird because I went on Elite Prospects last night. Just kind of scrolling around. Saw last added. And I saw this dude. I'm like, huh. I clicked on him. And there was nothing. And then I've been out today. I saw two more people, two more Hungarians with the same exact type of thing. Just one word names. It's very strange. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, B-I-C-Z-I is his name. So uh, I'm going Beachy. Chase is going Beach Z. Beach Z. Beach Z. Yeah. yeah, So who knows? Maybe uh, maybe one of you guys out there know this man. Maybe he's your dad. I don't know. Uh, Maybe he is your dad. Probably (laughs) not, but maybe, maybe if he is, let let us know how to pronounce his name because that would be uh, awesome to know. But yeah, that's going to do it for the episode. Chase, if you would like to give everyone the info that is desperately needed, then that'd be awesome. Yeah, as always, if you guys like to support us on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. It just shows us another way that you guys are interested in our material and there's some exclusive stuff on there. So make sure to check it out. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bulls Broadcast, that is at Bulls Broadcast. Follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. Uh, you know, our, our Tampa Bay Lightning, we got eliminated from the, the Jersey contest. It's a shame. Uh, we didn't get enough votes. It's hard going against the Red Wings, so it, it is what it is. At this point, just go vote the hell out of the Seattle Kraken. They, they really got to take over that because that jersey is just too fantastic. Um, so make sure to follow the Hockey Podcast Network yet again on Twitter and get in on that kind of giveaway contest. Uh, while you're at it, go follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. We're recording that right after this. Going to do some football talk, some quarterback movement, a uh, little, little Super Bowl prediction, I'm sure. It's going to be some fun stuff. Uh, but make sure to go to the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. Find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom. Click the logo. Listen easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever listening, rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns. And don't forget to use code THPN at DraftKings. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you next time.